Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Hello again, everyone. We are back and better than ever with episode number 101 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind, the usually weekly podcast covering Pantheon Rise of the Fallen, the in-development MMORPG by Visionary Realms, with a huge focus on community and conversation. So this week, we've got some catching up to do. We have two massive official updates to go over, last week's developer live stream and the previous week's developer roundtable, which both gave us massive info drops that we just have to talk about, and including some excellent lore bits at the end. So, grab your cloak and walking stick. We're about to set foot on a brand new adventure. Come with me, Desrin, and my storied co-host, Theric, as we take you along for this week's Rewind. So, uh, Theric, how was your vacation, mm-hmm. man? It was really, really good. I got to tell you, um, I don't turn everything off often enough. <laughs> when I say turn everything off, I mean no computer, no you know devices, no social media, nothing. Basically, I was like three days kind of disconnected from everything. And mm. it, it kind of felt good. You know, like we, we're all about connection and we're all about, you know, community here. But I got to tell you, sometimes, you know, you just need a little bit of a disconnect. And uh, it was really good. Your, your little comment about the walking stick in the intro made me think of it fondly again, because I was out hiking with my wife. We went to, you know, we've got a cottage and we went and hiked around for a while and um, just sort of took it easy, just chilled out and you know, it was, the weather was nice, and uh, despite uh, Redbeard Flynn's um, attempts to get me eaten by a bear, I, I successfully <laughs> did not. So I'm very happy with that. But yeah, no, it was it was really refreshing, actually. So I uh, I'm definitely uh, feeling like the well's been filled up again, and I'm I'm ready to get back at it with you. Oh, how are you, how are you doing? How was your uh, week with no rewind? <laughs> well, you know, I've been uh, I've been busy on some things. Um, but, uh, things. <laughs> yeah, we might get to that later. I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. see. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've just been busy, honestly. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of Pantheon stuff going down and, uh, and I'm getting some other, uh, real life things situated. So, uh, going somewhere, yes. you know, like <laughs> that's kind of yeah, good to hear, man. Good to hear. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what else is going somewhere? Hmm. Are episode 100 adventuring party um holy cow this this is no party this is almost like a 24 person raid this is the biggest group we've ever had to be honest oh yeah just so you out there everybody knows um unbelievable the amount of people that showed up and and so you know threw down for the adventuring party in episode 100 so i challenge you know desert you are the unlucky one who gets to read this long (laughs) list this week or maybe the lucky one depending on how you look at it but um, somebody asked me if you were going to do it in one breath. And I said, I don't even think, I don't think you can do Ooh, it. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I could do it in one breath. I, I, don't, I don't have the lungs for that, but no. I'll, I'll try to get through it in the most uh, clean way as possible. We'll see how many mistakes I make this time. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Good old episode 100's uh, raid party coming up. We've got... Ziplocs on the Darkmer Rogue, Sparrow on the Elf Ranger, Bounty Code on the Human Wizard, Screech on the Scar Bard, Wiki Woo on the Human Enchanter, Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric, Horsesaurus on the Human Warrior, 
Brian Reck on the Gnome Summoner, Theldrin on the Archai Warrior, Daimlos on the Dark Mer Cleric, Donler on the Human Warrior, Man of Rohan on the Ember Elf Ranger, Big Badass Ninja 1 on the Gnome, Jason on the Scar Beard Lord, Bitcrunch on the Ashen Elf Shaman, Dave Bowers on the Human Cleric, Wizen on the Ash- Ashen Elf Wizard, Rob Weinzerl on the Gnome Enchanter, Robert Edbaum on the Ember Elf Ranger, and Zerg Jerk on the Dwarf Rogue. Oh, I almost got it. Almost. <laughs> you were so close. I even tried to I even tried to mess with you a little there because Big Badass Ninja One said gnome and then didn't give a, a, a class to go along with the race. So I just <laughs> I just chose gnome. No. I just chose gnome. And that's what they are. That's enough. And um <laughs> uh, yeah, you did that really, really well. You you really nailed it. Whew. Well, I mean that 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 was worth nailing. Uh like you guys really went above and beyond for that episode 100 uh absolutely blown away i mean we have without a doubt the full raid force this week um ready to take on anything that comes our way <laughs> but totally you totally. guys are insane i mean like incredible you know <laughs> so if <laughs> if you'd like to help out and join the adventuring party feel free to drop a super chat donation during the youtube premiere or check out our Patreon for a more permanent seat on the party slash raid. But uh, again, thank you so, so much, guys. You, you're you the driving force behind our content in so many ways. And I just, I can't wait to do even greater things with this community, right? 100%, man. This was a, it was a major, I felt, I walked away from episode 100 feeling so great about everything and the situation and just like, where we're at with the show and it really felt like the milestone it was meant to be so thank you everyone for making that feeling you know come through so strongly yeah i echo the same thing Uh, same thing i'm i'm like refreshed like so just ready i'm ready episode 101 is the first step right so it's the first step let's let's start the let's start the walk let's let's start the walk this week in visionary realms news and notes Okay, so where to start? Uh, well, well, we've got a monthly dev live stream from this past Thursday, May 12th. Uh, VR called it Answers, Lore, Updates, and More, which has a nice ring to it. It does. And then we've also got the uh, the last developer roundtable that we uh, was uh, on the Friday of the uh, last week that we didn't have a show. So we're going to cover that. That was all about crafting in Pantheon, featuring their lead crafting developer designer, David Nafel Beach. And that came out to the public on May 6th. So we have lots of ground to cover here. So let's uh, let's get going with it and briefly recap the um, the dev stream. We got Minus and Ronick teaming up again to not only inform, but uh, entertain with some creative new segments and some bumpers. And everybody loves a, a good bumper. But uh, they kicked it off with their burning questions. And uh, you know what? I'm going to dare say that that the burning could be felt uh, by everyone with them sort of poking the bear a little bit, you know, having a little fun with the first one and, and asking, you know, when is Alpha? And, um, you know, there was a lot of news in this dev stream, but I, I want to talk about this for a minute here because we did uh, talk about it on the Pantheon Plus U, but, um, you know, it's had some time to sit and sort of marinate and reflect on it a little bit now. And then they, so that when they asked that question, they sort of made a joke about it and sort of moved on quickly without answering. And, and you know, we gave our reactions on the stream and I don't know how you feel about the the humor that how this landed for you, you know, in the in the comments. Let us know because I 
kind of we had differing takes on the show afterwards yeah. and thinking about it. You know, we you and me and Nathan and Drac all had sort of a different uh how did it how did it hit you, you know, that we was the question we were trying to answer. And I said I wasn't comfortable with it for a few reasons and, and we had some good discussions about, you know, what the pros and cons of making that kind of a joke are. But you know, now like I said, having some time to think about it, I've actually come to realize that I think this might be the biggest news from this update. And um the reason is that is a couple things Firstly, we had, as usual, we had some VR staff in the Twitch chat during Pantheon Plus yeah. U, and we got a couple of comments, and one from Ronick that really made a lot of sense to me. Here's what Ronick said. He said, "Here's the thing: if we didn't believe, <clears throat> if we didn't believe Alpha was on the horizon, would we joke about it?" And you know, that's a really good point. And then Joppa also added on to that, saying, "You know, we realize, you know, or do you realize how many people are going to jump in Alpha when the time comes? And there's really no way for us to actually be prepared for that kind of a turnout." So taking both of those things into account, I, I don't think they would make a joke if they weren't ready to, you know, if, if, if Alpha wasn't imminent to use Joppa's word. And honestly, <laughs> when I made that connection, I kind of, I felt better about it because, you know, they can taunt the community with Alpha jokes. They certainly can. This is their most widely viewed medium, you know, their developer monthly live stream on the on Twitch. It clearly, you know, 300, 400 some odd people watching at the time and then more people that watch it afterwards. You know, at least a little doubt in my mind that they wouldn't make this joke if Alpha wasn't coming in 2022. And I've, you and I have been on differing ends of the spectrum with regard to whether we believe that's happening or not. I've said I was and that I've kind of, oh, I've gotten a little nervous. I'm, I'm kind of back on the firmly belief again that it is going to be happening in 2022 because of this stream. Hmm. So uh, I could be wrong. You know, things could change, all that. But, you know, this stream would really take on a much more, and I'll say flippant tone if it if they don't get there this year and that's i think that's where i've sort of settled after having some time to reflect on it and i respect you know what nathan napalm and what drac and what you said when we were on stream um and i've taken all that into account um so you know has that happened for you does has has anything changed have you if you have you know 24 hours or however many hours it's been you know <laughs> since the stream was to reflect on this a little bit at all i i mean honestly no no, not at all. Uh, right. I, you know, I don't want to be a buzzkill, but I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to dig through like the, the comments, like the, the one you mentioned with Ronick and try to like look for a meaning behind that. Um, I got to look at what we have and we've got a roadmap that while it's, you know, it's moving forward, it, it's not even close to on pace for a 2022 alpha. Uh, we've like, you know, in the Q and A section, the burning question. So we did get a brief update on vinyl, uh, just to say that it's in the process of being put on their development server, um, which is as as in it's not even really quite ready for their internal QA builds. So it seems like there's really no chance that the, this is even going to be playable for pre-alpha testing for at least another month, um, you know, if not more, which. I think is totally longer than was expected or what seemed to be the case. Uh, yeah. 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 That part of it, that part of it for sure. Like I, I, I can see why you'd say like we're coming up on June, right? Yeah. So we're, we're halfway through the year if you look at it that way. Um, but then again, you know, maybe, you know, if it's an, if it's done in June and then they get some pre-alpha testing doing, you know, going in there, um, you know, I, I still, you know, you look at a fall, maybe, uh, you know, September, October, November kind of deal. 
Um, I still think that there's a potential that that they could get enough testing in for a pre-alpha session, in a pre-alpha session for a potential late fall alpha launch, perhaps. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I think like VR is going to be able to finish up the like 10 in-progress items on their roadmap. Like, I mean, not to mention the other 11 items uh, that either haven't even been started yet or are, you know, currently on hold for whatever reason. I mean, seven months, man? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, as as I have to say, because you know, to be clear, not all the items on the roadmap are equal. So it's not really right. just about the number, but but there's huge things point. like like perception still not even in progress. And like we're sitting at three of 24 items complete as of April. So, you know, we yeah. got to see what the next uh, newsletter comes up with. But but that's where we're at. <laughs> That's a really good point. I mean, you know, and that's, I think what I'm keying in on more is that, like you said, not all those items are created equal and nothing is bigger than the vinyl implementation, right? We've talked about that a lot in terms of just the magnitude of the, of what needs to get done. Um, and, you know, that's not to say as well, of course, the roadmap is, is, could, is a fluid document. It could, it, it could change, you know, they can make adjustments to it. They can, you know, Ideally, that's not what's going to happen. But on the other hand, I think that they have the confidence to make this kind of a, you know, to sort of tease us a little bit with this, that they look at those items on the roadmap themselves and say, we can get this done. You know, like they, they look at that and they assess what each one requires, how much time each one is going to require. And I think that there's still an optimism from the VR team that this is, this is a reality. Yeah. I mean, I would say mark, mark this, bookmark this, and, you know, if if I'm wrong, I will happily do some, I don't know, random, <laughs> I almost said eat a sock, but I, I think too many people have done that, and I, I'll, I'll do something <laughs> ridiculous, like some, some crazy yeah. cosplay you guys can think of. Uh, oh man i'm in for this okay now yeah somebody but yeah if if they if they make that 2022 sure but again all all ronick said was that it's on the horizon and you know we've heard imminence horizon all these terms and what what the horizon is for them i i just don't think is what it is for the people following the game and so while they they might be excited they might be confident uh, whatever like it just doesn't translate to reality for a lot of people give, given their history you can kind of you can only take sentiment so far man uh what do you mean by history though i'm, I'm curious of what you mean by that so not just to say the whole like oh it's been eight years kind of a thing but like they've missed deadlines like not deadlines but they've kind of put the idea out that hey, this thing is soon. That's why the meme is out there, right? And we all know at this point that soon isn't soon. And, it, you know, for some people, it's it's still just a joke. But for some people, it's kind of, it stings. So it's like not, not to come down super hard on VR, but the reality is that this project was started a long time ago. And while we, we know all those ups and downs and we have a ton of grace and patience for them that, I feel like we've really demonstrated for years. Uh, again, they've they've missed pretty much every even vague deadline 
you okay, should. What what deadlines? What what exact deadlines are you talking about, though? I should I shouldn't say deadline. I should say the notions of what's to come, uh, milestones maybe, because the end of you know 2022 alpha is even a, a stretch out of what was expected previously. And their their vagueness kind of saves them in a certain sense. But in another sense, it doesn't really feel good for a lot of people. Um, and so I, I, and I feel like a lot of people are starting to feel like they're kind of getting strung along. And, and to make a joke about that, it, it might be funny for like diehard fans. And I, I thought it was funny. Like, if this was just between me and them, I would be laughing. But I think the takeaway for a lot of people isn't confidence. It It is flippancy. I, I think it makes VR look like they don't take timelines seriously, even though I know for a fact they do. <laughs> it just it just seems really like an unnecessary, uh, an unnecessary thing to put in a video like this. It's just not worth it to me. I, you know, so, sorry for the full like Desrin rant, I guess, but it's just... No, no, no. I, yeah. I, yeah, no, I, and I, I totally get where you're coming from because I had that thought process as well and and you know honestly like i'm what i'm saying is like if if it's not if they don't get there this year then yeah this is a this is a huge you know it's a slap in the face you know if they don't get there this year right or if it's not you know (laughs) if it's not happening because you can't make jokes about it like it's the only thing that you really can't make a joke about you know like i mean anyone in the vip community knows we joke about this stuff all the time you know right Right. And it, and it, like you say, it as an insider, it's fine. You know, as somebody who's close with the community and, and we, you know, we have these discussions every day of the week, you know, amongst ourselves, but then you've got, you know, people who are, like I said, this is their main media vehicle, right. Who see this and like, Oh, is this, is it supposed to be like a meme? Like, are, are like, do they, do they, are they making their own meme about their inability to say when alpha will be like, um, I get that. I get that. So that I'm not disagreeing with you about that part. I'm what I'm disagreeing, I guess, is about, you know, missed deadlines. And the only deadline I can think of is, you know, the sort of very infirm one that um, Chris Rowan gave saying that they were pushing hard for Alpha in 2021. Right? That that one sticks with me because that's the CEO talking. And when the CEO speaks, you know, to me that carries weight. And everything else after that, until Joppa said, you know, the word of 2022 is imminence you know, there's no deadlines in there. Like there's nothing in there. That right. Was, and like, that's why I had to come back and, and say not deadlines, but, but milestones. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Milestones is a better way of, of looking I, I like a better way of describing it. I think because there's definitely been some, uh, some, you know, milestones yeah. the, and, and, and the most obvious one and the most pressing one in our face is, is the network implementation, the vinyl implementation. Right. right? So that's a huge milestone. Now they said, you know, they gave a rough estimate two to three months to get this done started in February or yep. March, you know, and now we're, we're you know, yeah, of course. I mean, it, but it's, again, it's, it's May. What is the date we're recording here? May 12th. Right. So, um, it is what it is. It's not that far. It hasn't been stretched to the point of ridiculousness at this point. It's just, we're, we're now we're, we're, we're looking for it, you know, like we're, we're expecting it to be, you know, <laughs> to be imminent, right. We're expecting it to be done. So, I I I understand what you're what you're saying completely, and I'm not like, you know, um, I just want our listeners to be understanding where we're at. That it's important for us to feel like we can be honest about how we feel without being, you know, it's a joke. You know, like 
they're done. They're what are they doing? They've made a huge mistake. Like that's not at all what oh, we're yeah. saying. We're just trying to like, you know, or at least I, I'll speak for myself. I, I'm trying to sort of think out loud, right? Process feelings out loud, right? So right. And I think that's what you're doing as well, if not. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, like I I'm a huge fan of VR. And if I haven't made that clear by now, I <laughs> don't know what to do. But it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't mean <laughs> exactly that I think everything that they do is perfect. And I feel like I'm not alone in in the opinions for this dev stream. Uh, and if if they <laughs> if they didn't want feedback and uh, didn't want you know uh, input from the community, uh, shouldn't it be a, pr- a crowdfunded game, I guess, because I think that's what really gets me about this whole thing is just that this is the most kind of public facing uh, information. Uh, they they put this YouTube video out. It it gets you know a ton of views from people that don't follow closely. But there's a lot of people that have pledged. There's I would almost guarantee there's more people that have pledged for Pantheon that have either forgotten it exists or <laughs> or don't even check up on it very often. That you know every once in a while they're going to come back and they're going to be like, hey, wonder what's going on with uh, with Pantheon. Oh, I remember here in Alpha was supposed to be coming up around. 2022 and then you, you you know you check out this video and and they're like oh wow they're yeah they're joking about it okay um, yeah totally exactly that's 100 percent right and you know what i mean you know you get an idea you make a joke and sometimes they land sometimes they don't and that's all fine and good except except when it comes to you know something like this like it you got to be real like i said on stream i i wouldn't have been I wouldn't have felt comfortable making this kind of a joke, um, you know, and self-awareness is great. And, and being like, you know, being able to poke fun at your own, um, you know, your own issues or your own like things that are you're known for or, but you do really want to be known for this. Like, is that what you want to be known for? Like, I don't, I don't think so. You know, like don't make a joke about something. Don't make your game into a, your development process into a joke or it'll become a joke. Right. right. Like, keep it, it, like, keep it real, man. I like, do not want to feed the trolls, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, but I don't want to feed the trolls either. And I don't, uh, I know that they, you know, the indifference is worse than love or hate. I, it's, you know, there's some truth in that, but on the other hand, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've dug into this a lot and, you know, with respect to our, our viewers, you know, definitely leave your, leave your comments. You know, I, I am curious if, if maybe this is just a minority thing, maybe, maybe most people just was like, oh yeah, it was funny. But uh, but definitely let us know. Um, but we should probably not linger on on this. There's much yeah. happier things <laughs> to talk about for sure. Yeah. So well, I just I did I did want to I did want to vent a little bit and, <laughs> and voice voice our mutual thoughts on this because I think it's important. Anyway, yeah, so we'll move on. Um, one of the items that we didn't talk about on Pantheon Plus U um, was the uh, banking systems implementation that they talked about on this dev stream, which I think is pretty important. Um, they said that that implementation of that is currently underway and their first prototype is close to testing. So uh, Minus ex- uh, told us to expect an update on that in the newsletter uh, during the alpha tracker next uh, coming up next week. So look for that. We all know how important it's going to be to bank your stuff because they did reiterate yeah. the corpse runs, the death penalty, basically saying, you know, your your equipped gear remains on you when you die. All everything, uh, but all your bags and all your other items and your coin 
uh, stays on your corpse. So you need to be banking that stuff, that sweet, sweet loot that you don't want to lose <laughs> potentially. <laughs> so banking needs to be functional in this game to be in a playable state, basically. So it's good to hear this is a priority. And I, I don't think it doesn't seem like something that's going to take a ton of time to do. I hope that they can get this thing, you know, this one done, you know, in a fairly reasonable rate. Um, but uh, nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy on this one, right, Does Yeah, I, I mean, banking, it, it, as long as it does what we need it to do, right? Uh, but yeah, who, who knows? Exactly. Maybe they'll maybe they'll add a little bit of uh, of cool new flavor to it. But uh, you know, just knowing that it's it's underway, it's it's another thing on the uh, checklist. So really happy. I'm actually uh, really glad that they just kind of reconfirmed the state of the death penalty. Um, I think mm-hmm. that was just mm-hmm. such a such a great decision to throw in here because, like they said, nothing's really changed, but. Getting to reiterate what was said, I mean, when's the last time they talked about death penalty? It was a long time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, I, I, they're, they're burning questions. I mean, the, the, the nine burning questions that they answered, I wouldn't have said all of those were on the top of my <laughs> yeah. top burning questions, you know, like, but this is definitely one of them. And this was one of the questions um, about the death penalty, if I'm not mistaken. You know, there were some others that I was like, eh. I don't know if that's really the <laughs> most pressing one. Yeah, holidays. <laughs> yeah. but, oh, well, uh, hey, I got something to say about that. That is oh, going to okay, be a okay. lore sorry, video, sorry, man. Sorry. Um, no, no, I'll say it right now. It's fine. <laughs> that's going to be a lore video. I was challenged by Minus saying, if you were a lore hound, you should know the lore holidays and terminus. I'm like, okay, I can think of one. <laughs> what other ones are you talking about? So I got to do some research. And if you uh, want to know about the holidays and terminus, I'm here for you. I'm going to get that done. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, it wouldn't have been on my top nine burning yeah. questions. Oh, uh, one last thing to note on the death penalty, though, is they did also confirm the durability loss as well. So uh, yeah. not only are you going to drop a bunch of stuff and want to go back to get it, but there is a full penalty. Um, and the durability loss, if it wasn't mentioned uh, just a bit ago, it comes with XP loss. So yeah, it, it, it's right. a it's a death penalty, you know. <laughs> it's a death penalty, mm-hmm. and I believe in chat. V, uh, uh, Joppa also confirmed that um, getting a res actually gives you more of your XP back as well. So again, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. was it? I are you, was it that way or was it the other way around? Is getting your corpse back give you more XP than getting a res? Because I th- oh no, I, I, see no. we didn't we didn't the snapshot it here, but I'm I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's getting a res because because if you think about it, then it's um, it's like more player interaction, right? Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and look in the chat to make sure I can confirm that, and then I'll pin that comment oh, to awesome. the video so everybody can see it because I feel like we should we should know that's that good to if know. we're going to comment <laughs> on it. Yeah, it's all it is. Um, another one that was kind of a discussion point is they talked about the techniques mechanic that that was recently introduced actually. Um, and basically, if you're not aware, this is an, a, an effect. Um, it's basically a system that opens up weapon-specific abilities the more you use them. So the question was asked, you know, will these apply to offhand items? So if you're, you know, a, a magic user, things like orbs or books, that kind of thing. Um, and Minus used the warrior as an example. He said, you know, so not at the moment. This is not the way it is. There's no um, separate techniques for offhand items. But he did say there will be class-specific techniques for that. And he noted, um, like a warrior will have skills that play into them uh, having a shield in your offhand. Um, He said, uh, so techniques come off the main hand weapon. 
And he did offer one caveat though, saying there may be some te techniques that require a certain offhand weapon, uh, using the example of a dagger, a technique that requires a second dagger, a dagger in your offhand. Um, so I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but um, Desiree, you know, uh, I'll turn it over to you first. You know, would you have any thoughts on this? Was there anything that uh, that sort of struck you with this uh, new revelation? I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the te techniques are still kind of a, a fresh concept, right? Um, still pretty, mm -hmm. pretty new. Um, so it, it makes sense that this would be something folks want more clarity on. And so, uh, first off, I'm really glad that they grabbed this question. Um, now, I think having having these kinds of requirements kind of uh, makes sense, but it should it should probably be pretty rare. Like, and I speak to like you know, you need to have this offhand, right? Um, I forget like the numbers right. on how many techniques, you know, they, they want to have or whatever, but I would imagine that that's probably a, a fairly rare occurrence. Um, just, just so it doesn't get too convoluted. Right. Cause it, if you get yeah. five techniques and four of them require a specific offhand, it, it, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it becomes a little onerous, right? Yeah. And, but I think the main point, uh, to kind of note here and, and I guess reiterate is that Techniques are more than just kind of universal weapon skills like like ESO and stuff like that. They're they're more more often than not a mix of your class and your weapon type. So you know a warrior has certain techniques with a certain weapon. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think leaving off uh, offhand weapons kind of out of the picture for now it helps keep it simple, you know, or easier to dive into. I guess less complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You don't want to get into too much, uh, too much of a, uh, you know, Venn diagram of your class and your weapon <laughs> yeah. and your race, and then all these kinds of things that interact in some kind of weird way. Um, so yeah, that was interesting to me. Now, I mean, the lore piece, we got to talk about this. <laughs> JN, oh my gosh, totally entranced me. Um, and I'm Desert, I'm sure you know, you were mesmerized by this as well, um, at least by the voice of, uh, you know, our lore master himself. There's way too much to break down here in terms of details. So I don't want to get into that here unless you want to, we can. But, uh, you know, if you really, really want to go into a deep dive with me um, for all the names and groups and factions that JN talked about, I'll, I'll be taking care of that in a future video for sure. Um, but if you took out all the words, you know, there's actually a massive reveal of graphical content yeah. that we hadn't seen before. Places, structures, you know, um, just even new areas that um, previously hadn't been seen. And in fact, Minus referenced the um, the Gadai bandits that Jan talked about and fondly sort of recalled the experience of fighting and pushing deeper into banditory, uh, bandit territory when uh, when he played in a, in a previous pre-alpha session. So, and, uh, you know, of course that footage is here on, on Pantheon plus on our YouTube channel, because we were given permission to, to show some of it. Um, I'll link it in the description, uh, as well as a roll in the background of the video here. So fo folks can see, you know, what he was referring to. So you also can get a direct comparison, you know, what some of these areas looked like when they were in gray box and now what they look like now it's, it's basically there for the taking. And honestly does, you know, I had to look away from the screen to focus on Jan's words because I was I wanted to be able to talk about it on Pantheon Plus U, but I slipped a few times and I, I was drooling at the, the visuals on the screen. And <laughs> um, <laughs> my 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 personal favorite site was seeing, you know, the village of Avalia updated with with the foliage and, and the new lighting and then the sort of the weather effects and the structures. It really looks great to me, um, you know, very different from what it once did. And um, so I was I, I loved what I saw and I 
again, I, you know, I said this on the, one of the last shows we did where they up, they showed off some of the HDRP um, uh, graphics and stuff. I love how it looks. I think it really looks like a world that I could play in right now. Um, but the video roll, uh, you know, what, what, anything from that caught your eye, any moment or two that really sort of, you know, caught your attention, I guess? Mm. Um, I think, well, for, first of all, I'm really glad this was like a continuous B-roll and not like a repeating 10 seconds. So mm-hmm. I have to shout that out. Yeah, it was out. long. It was like seven and a half minutes. Yeah. Right? And I, I mean, I'm sure that was a lot of work. So, you know, clapping hands for that. That was, that was awesome and very much noticed and appreciated. Um, as far as things that stood out to me, probably the, the Gadai Fortress, the one that's kind of like built into the mountain. Um, and just as, as they're flying through as well, uh, all the little camps, um, they're everywhere. Like, as you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm a huge fan of like open world content and, and whether it's like a a massive premier dungeon or, or even like kind of just small solo camps. So when I, when I see little hints of that, uh, already in the world, in, in the state that it's in right now. And I can kind of just imagine that there's just going to be so many you know, major and minor points of interest just everywhere. And that really excites me, um, especially, you know, because I have to throw the Vanguard uh, word in, you know, just to fulfill everyone's <laughs> bingo card. But um, yeah, everybody take a drink. They, they were like ma- masters Vanguard. of that. They have little little camps everywhere. And, you know, you could very much uh, see a, a duo or something just kind of hanging out at little tiny camp or you know several groups in a dungeon and and i really like that i i actually am not a huge fan of like all of the group content being a dun you know dungeons right um mm-hmm. and so seeing little little camps little places that mobs can you know be or uh where where maybe a couple people could could just be you know xping kind of off in their own little corner it's amazing um but honestly man uh it still looks kind of early to me graphically <laughs> like i i super <laughs> yeah. appreciate the progress that they're making don't get me wrong but i can't really bring myself to like really praise the graphical quality quite yet um i can praise the progress but mm-hmm. you know it's just i see the potential uh but you know as we've brought up in the past i, I still feel like overall we're we're still pretty far from like project fairthale level quality right and uh yeah. And so, or, or, you know, even stuff before that in, in some ways. And so it's like, I, I have to commemorate the progress and I loved seeing so much of, of Throne Fast and, and, uh, Avengers Pass and, and all that just, especially yeah. being in PA, right. Getting to see some places that maybe we've seen before, uh, yeah. updated, obviously smile on my face, but I, I do hope that there's a good bit more to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, um, I really... Ah, God, I jump in right now, and if it looked, you know, it's just me. I know well, I'd jump me. in I too. I would, but yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think you can. No, you've just ruled yourself out completely. <laughs> you, you don't like it enough to jump in right now, Des. So oh, I'm sorry, no. your, your invitation has been rescinded. <laughs> uh, no, man, like you know, I, you're right though. You know, seeing the the bulk of the content or the the vastness of the content is really the main takeaway here. I just to me, it looks. It looks nice, um, nice enough for me at this point, but I'm, but I'm, I know that they're not done, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, you're right though. I mean, the, the content is really the main takeaway here, and 
it went really well with what they were taught with what JN was saying. You know, I think it just, oh, yeah. it, it fit perfectly his voice and just the way the lighting was showing the areas. That's super cool. So I actually am going to go back and listen to Minus's, you know, 30 hour play test story um, and try and now integrate that story with some of these, you know, oh. uh, images and visuals. So that's yeah. awesome. Anything else? Yeah. It, it, I'm looking forward to it actually. <laughs> um, but anything else before we talk, before we move on from the, uh, the dev live stream uh, uh, does that you wanted to even talk about? Uh, well, okay. So like kind of quick hits, I guess. Um, I think one of the biggest drops was info about the plans for NDA uh, come, come alpha. Um, I know we talked about this on the plus you, but I know not everyone watches that. So um, again, kind of with the caveat, that things can change. Um, the general gist is they plan on very much relaxing the NDA for alpha, which would allow people to at least openly talk about it, but, but even potentially stream it. Um, so I, I guess a huge drop. Uh, massive. Absolutely. Massive. Um, speaking of massive drops, like there's boats. Uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I would probably don't have time to really get into it today, but like what a, it, it almost was a, a fleeting thing. Like, oh yeah, by the way, there's boats. It, it wasn't that bad, but like, <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> man, they could have done an entire feature on that, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But but that's exciting. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, I have mixed thoughts on it. Like we talked about it on the show, but I'll, um, having again, time to reflect on it. I, I kind of wish that they'd get the perception stuff done first yeah. before we dive into boats. But, I had that thought too. Um, I, like, I, yeah. And I know some people are going to be like, future creep, you know, or whatever. Like, come on, everybody loves boats. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, I think my, I mean, my only criticism there is that it was done in like the Q and a section and, and really, uh, the, uh, <laughs> I swear guys, I, I, I do like these people, but, a Q and A should never leave you with more questions. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you know a good Q and A, you know, answers some and opens up more questions. Uh, I don't know, man. But see, I, I I feel like now I have questions about gliders. I have questions about boats. I have questions about <laughs> so many let's, things. Let's be honest. You would have questions no matter what. Oh, yeah. They went, right. went down. Fair enough. You're just, a, you're just an inquisitive mind. You have a curious mind. Fair enough. Well, I guess to, <laughs> to wrap it up on my side, I I kind of, feel, I get this feeling that in VR's like kind of communications or like the content side, it's like, I kind of feel like they're spitballing a bit, you know, just kind of trying new things, see what sticks, mm -hmm. um, especially pre, you know, as we have alpha still, you know, however far out, you know, they kind of can experiment. And, and in this case, like, well, honestly, there was a lot of information <laughs> in this stream. Uh, I, I can't commend that enough, but I think the format didn't quite sit right for me at least. And, and for a lot of other people too, um, there are definitely some high points. Like, I mean, the lower section, obviously. Um, yep. and, and really like my list of things that were good is, is pretty long actually, but but honestly, I, I I prefer something more akin to the last couple of streams that we've had um, with, you know, they've got some, some big stuff in um, and maybe a little sugar on top at the end, like that little nice surprise, the good old apple, but, but there's more um, <laughs> like that. That feels right. good, right? Um, I, and I think it was just, 
there's just something a little more professional about the previous streams that came off to me. Um, and, and so uh, to me, I, my whole goal is like, I want content that I feel totally comfortable sharing to other people. And I think that this is a stream that I I'd, I'd happily share with our listeners who are already big fans of Pantheon. Right. Um, that are, that'll laugh at the jokes and, and, you know, love the quirkiness, but, but I think it's kind of one that I, I would pass on, uh, on showing to some kind of on the fence people or, or new people to the project, you know, and that's really my, yeah. my biggest detractor is I, I, I think at least for the stream, since they are the biggest mouthpiece, they should probably stick to the more like professional stuff, you know? Yeah, well, you know what I the thing is is that I've seen some comments on both sides. I've seen people that said I love this way, you know, this is a great these segments are great and this is a way better presentation and and I've seen I've seen folks say the opposite as well. So, you know, it's just a matter of taste, I guess, and it's a matter of, you know, how do you want your game to be seen? You know, do you want it to be seen, you know, you know, what tone, you know, are you going to, Yeah. are you selling your game on, you know, and I, I can get what you're saying with the tone and, you know, it's just creativity is, is sometimes doesn't come, doesn't land, you know, as you think it's going to, I, other than the stuff we talked about at the beginning, you know, other than that, I really don't have a, I was, I don't care. You know, I thought it was fine for me. <laughs> I share it with people, you know, I, I, not just the people that we know in the community that the followers, the close followers, I would share it with other people. Cause I think that, Humor is humor, right? It's just not everybody's taste sometimes. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got to have fun with it because, you know, that's what we're here for. And we're in for a long haul. We've been here for a long haul. We're going to stay here for the long haul. And if you're not having fun with it, sometimes it can get a little bit, you know, it can get a little bit hard to, yeah, you know, that's keep true. your that's expectations true. up. Yeah, I think so, I, yeah. like how I, I would want to put it is I think this would have been a great Pantheon Plus video. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but just well, not my preference it, it definitely for had that VR. flavor um yeah you know. it had that flavor with the the voice filters <laughs> definitely brought me back to some uh pantheon plus stuff that minus and i did <laughs> so yeah. yeah but we'll leave it there for the uh for the live stream review what did you guys think leave a leave a comment to let us know um but we're also going to talk about the developer roundtable with nafel and this was all like i said about crafting mm. And there is tons of information here. So, Des, I'm going to let you sort of take the lead here and, and uh, start this discussion. And I'll, I'll chime in as you go along. Okay. Strap in, everyone, because this, this is great. This is so much, like, good information. I, I just can't wait to blaze through this. Um, and I'm going to iterate a few times and say, uh, watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I condensed <laughs> yeah, everything definitely. down in our notes as best as I can. And, uh, and still, there's more meat on the bones if you if you want mm-hmm. but if you're a crafter this is like mandatory listening yeah totally totally and hopefully we do it justice here but uh but yeah so right off the bat so nafel did this kind of like little intro like hey just before we get started like let me say these things which i, I think was great because it's been a while since we heard some crafting bits right um mm-hmm. but i just love one of the key focuses for crafting that nafel just starts off with is it's going to be socially oriented, like yeah. not just something yeah. you do on your own. And um, as a foundational thing, isn't that like so pantheon? Well, he said, and I quoted him too. I wrote it in my notes too, is creates social value. And th- there was a forum post like years and years ago where he talked about this. He did such a good job of explaining it that time that I remember it all these years later because... <laughs> 
I was like, this is exactly what this is about. And this creates social value. It stuck with me so much that I was like, this is what the perception needs to perception system needs to have. It needs to create social value hundred percent. So as soon as he led with that, I'm like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <man."> like, <laughs> Let's go. So yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you know, on that foot, um, I kind of figured it might be a good idea to condense everything down and maybe give a general, like how crafting works uh, on the rewind for our listeners, just to, uh, cause uh, you really get kind of the whole picture from this, um, from this podcast, but, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to kind of condense and, and hopefully help people understand everything. So, um, let's, let's start with kind of the basics, like choosing your, uh, profession. So you get two professions actually, and one of them is a non-consumable crafting profession. So that's going to be the blacksmith outfitter, jewel crafter, and woodworker, and then you get your choice of a consumable crafting profession, which is the alchemist or provisioner. Um, so I I think this is a fair launch. <laughs> you know, this, this is a good spread, I think. And um, what it comes down to is you can actually, uh, or you I would guess that you kind of have to, but you, you kind of specialize your general crafting class to hone in on what you're good at within that. So uh, Nafel says... Uh, You'd be extremely good at one thing, moderately good at other things, and then not the best at everything. <laughs> and so the example that I'll cite here is you go from a woodworker and then you specialize into carving, and then you specialize that into boyery. So you're really good at making bows, let's say. But, you know, mm -hmm. people that branched out elsewhere. So I, I do kind of feel like we get more than just those whatever six crafting professions. Like it, it ends up mm -hmm. being more, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, at first it sounds limiting, but, um, you know, when you, when you understand the system that he's proposing, um, it actually becomes quite diverse and creates this real, um, <clears throat> you know, mixture of different professions that are going to be out there because people are going to have different interests. And, uh, although you're, you know, you are limited to the one and one, um, you know, it, it, I think it really makes you, it forces you to make a choice. And as we've said before, you know, making choices like this in an MO are what make it interesting when you have to make a choice and you can't just, you know, all, all everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And that's, that's kind of a going theme is that, uh, the, the your choices matter, um, in, in crafting in including what you pursue, uh, and what you invest your time into. But, uh, but anyway, let's go through like kind of the, the process of crafting. So, for for non-consumable items, as in like you know weapons, uh, armor, and you know bows, whatever. Um, so this is the big kicker. So the recipe is actually something you find out in the world. Um, they call them schematics. Uh, they also reference you know like a cast, a pattern, a frame, you know. But something uh, they they collectively call schematics. And the crazy thing about this is these recipes are limited use. Well, here's the interesting part and I'm not sure if you're you're doing it justice with the full explanation there because the so he was clear. I mean, he said there are no really no recipes. They're doing away with the idea of a recipe. Now you could say a schematic is the right, same thing, but yeah. the way the way it works is you're not finding like the schematics are coming from weapons you find, right? So let's say I find a, a bow. Now it's got it's, so it's got three schematics 
I can take from it. But those are schematics are limited, like they're not inexhaustible. Uh, you only right. get whatever three. I'm just throwing that out there as a number. Um, so they're they're like one time use kind of things, right? So it's like having a it's like having an item that has recipes inside it, but they're not like permanent. They're not permanent additions to your um, to your knowledge. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I, I and, do. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. I do. Is that not the uh, I, the, so the process of getting schematics might be the one thing that I'm still a little fuzzy on, uh, honestly. Okay. Uh, but uh, one thing I do want to point out is that the the amount of times they can be used can change. And he made made sure to point that out that, you know, there's probably common items that you could use the same schematic for, you know, several times. But it's more than likely that the really nice stuff is going to be like either single use or very, very short. But, you know, a couple important things about this is uh, they are tradable, um, or at least that most of them should be. Um, right. And the VR can control the scarcity. Um, and I thought this was actually a key point in, you know, Nafel cited a lot of issues that uh, crafting has had in other games. And and one of them is the flooding of, of items. Uh, and if the developer doesn't want the flooding of that item, you know, you, you can't just take the crafting class away from someone, Right. Um, right. But VR can adjust how often people are getting these schematics. And so if there's something that is being becoming way too prevalent, they can kind of pull that back if they feel like it hurts the economy or if it hurts the balance of a game. And I thought that was just so, that's actually just so clever. <laughs> it is really clever. And it 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 is the, it's something that I haven't seen in another MMO. And they, you know, it's a fundamental difference between the idea of going out in the world and finding just recipes. And then, you know, you've got the recipe. Whereas here, you know, like, see, the, the thing is, is that the item has value because of not only the item and, the, and its stats or whatever it does for you and, you know, your fighting and your combat abilities, but it's got value because of the schematics yeah. that it contains or provides. So you're dealing with, you're dealing with something that, Somebody might not want to give up their Uber sword, even though it's got these schematics that are highly valuable. Maybe it's more valuable to that person as a weapon than it is as a, as a schematic source. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So I think that that's the key takeaway here. And like, again, this is a, this is something that I haven't had firsthand experience. And, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you've played an MMO that uses a system like this, let us know in the comments because I think it's really interesting and to hear from other people about examples of real world application of this. And like I said, Nafel has got such a vast background with crafting and I, he's cited his influences being like star Wars galaxies, I think is a big one and a couple others, uh, Vanguard. <laughs> um, so, you yeah. know, you, right up your alley. Yeah. I see but, little, um, little tidbits of it, but I see, you know, little bits of other games too, which is always, always mm -hmm. good. Um, but let's uh, let's get a little bit deeper into like the rest of the process here, because uh, not only are these schematics, you know, what we've described so far, but the difference in schematics you might get is is vast. Um, you can get different schematics for different regions um, or from different factions, from from different mobs or mob types. Um, or one really interesting thing he mentioned was like specific crafting content even and uh i not a lot of like clarity on exactly what that is yet but it just seems like you know the, the equivalent of of things that an, an adventure for a crafter you know 
Um, yeah. And what I love about this is that each of these differences in schematics, it, it actually means something. It's not just flavor text. It's, it changes the, the potential stats and it changes the appearance. Um, so yeah. heck yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. They, I think this came up in the context of like, you know, regional recipes, you know, because that was sort of the area he was talking about, I think when he was talking about this and he said, you know, um, you know, there will be differences between a thrown fast sword and, and one found somewhere else. If they're not, you know, it may not be a major difference, but there will be differences, right? right. So faction comes into play, right? Faction's a big deal for crafters and Pantheon. He made that point several times. So I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting way of differentiating even at low levels, you know, mm-hmm. um, one crafter's items from another. Yeah. And, and there's even more differentiation besides the schematic too, which we'll kind of get to. I did want to note here that uh, it was confirmed that they, they aren't doing like a crafting, like quality, like a grade A, grade B kind of a system, oh, which, thank God. yeah, that, that would be one of my biggest complaints with like uh, Vanguard and, and some other uh, games that may have had great crafting, but uh, that particular thing was just really annoying. Cause you know, no one wants the grade B, right? Exactly. Um, like anything less than A++ becomes irrelevant <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> right. So I was just happy to hear that and get that clarified. But, um, oh, as far as the, the difference in items. So this is where it just gets absolutely insane. So um, <laughs> so when you're, you have a schematic, right? And it's not as simple as, hey, I have a schematic. I click button. I, I make, you know, sword. Right. We'll, we'll probably just always use sword as an example, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I prefer bow. But I'll take you can use sword. It's fine. I think sword has more parts. Uh, maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. But maybe your sword does. My bow is very part. You've got those like Olympic archer, like all the attachments. Yeah, that's and- right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like six strings, and eight grips, and like an aiming tool. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but, uh, but so the the main thing though is that there are going to be uh, components for, for these items. And, and for the better items, you, you're going to have to rely on other people. Um, because wh- one thing that was noted was for, for simple items, yeah, you, you, can, you can craft kind of all the different components yourself. Like, you know, you're making a basic sword. You're not going to need to reach out to a bunch of different people just to make a basic sword. Like, d- d- don't worry about that. But for the more right. special, the, the spicier, the more exotic things, you're really going to want to reach out and there are so many factors into the end product here that it just makes me so excited. Um, yeah, I think the too. example uh, that I really appreciated was, you know, hey, if you get a really nice uh, schematic, you're not going to want to put like a, a a basic sword blade. You're not going to want to put a basic. Uh, he he referenced like a blade, a hilt, and a pummel. Um, you're not going to just want to like waste that uh, schematic with with basic um, components. So he mentioned that. You'd probably want to, you know, maybe seek out a jewel crafter, get like a jeweled sword hilt. And, you know, it's like, you, so you have the same schematic, but different outcome, right? Uh, which is yep. exciting in its own right. Um, and not to mention, even when you're making these things, you can use different materials. So it, it's not even just like, oh, this has to be an iron sword blade. It's like, it's a metal sword blade, you know, do, do with it what you will. <laughs> um and and so and not to mention even refining he mentioned like refining is even another factor um and and that could even involve uh, a bit of cross um discipline 
profession stuff, like getting alchemy ingredients for a, a smelting or, or things like that. Um, and so, but all of these things together influence the final stats. Uh, and and I, I think uh, uh, the appearance is probably dictated by the schematic, but but definitely the stats of the item. And I, I just, I love that. I love that they uh, aren't doing a level tiering approach. Like, oh, this is my level one to 10, like uh, bronze. Oh, yeah. this is 11 to 20. It's iron. It, you know, oh my gosh. Right. It's just, you're, you right. just craft things at whatever quality you can and get what you can out of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The idea of the, um, the sort of open-ended uh, approach to crafting here is really, it's really exciting. And it's not like, like you say, it's not locked into that bracket system of, you know, this is your tier you craft within this tier and then you get to the next tier and you can craft there. It's like, nah, 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 yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Especially when you consider the much looser, uh, item requirements for Pantheon, right? Because if right. you happen yeah. across like a really nice material, if you're like, let's say you're a big crafter, but you're just like not doing a lot of adventuring or something and you happen across this and you can do something with it and make this insane weapon. Like, it's not like, oh, well, since my crafter is level 50 and my uh, character is level 10, I guess I, I just have to, <laughs> you know, wait. It, it's like, no, I found something special. I made something special. I'm going to use something special. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it becomes, I mean, I don't want to speak for other people, but when I find something like that in, M in an MMO, it becomes all consuming for me that I have to now, I have, my quest is now to be able to make, use this and make this into something cool that, so that I can have something super cool. And if I can't, like, if there's really no way, then I've got something valuable I can trade to somebody else right. or sell, or, you know, I can, it becomes valuable, um, beyond the one to 10 range, or if I'm a low level, it goes, it becomes valuable to, to upper levels, to higher levels. Yeah. And I love that you said quest too, because that's, that's the really like emergent thing about this whole system is if you happen to be out and you find this rare harvestable, it's so exciting because it's like, that's the start of a journey. Like, uh, you know, so yeah, many, yeah. um, kind of motifs from various shows and, and movies about, you know, built making the sword or whatever, after you find, I'm thinking of Avatar: Last Airbender, Sokka with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, the meteor, right? A meteor sword. Yep. Um, but yep. but that's like legit. <laughs> what I'm imagining is exactly that kind of a journey to put in a lot. It, it would completely change my trajectory of my character. Like I I think I would also be very focused on it. Be like, oh my gosh, I got this thing. I have to yep. do something. Um, yep. For sure. But, uh, For sure. Oh, yeah, the, the process, though. So this was a, another big clarifying thing. So uh, there, he was hesitant to say minigame. <laughs> so he, he's calling this uh, a challenge. So there is a challenge associated to the process of crafting. So um, without very specific things, it sounds like more of a, a puzzle or, you know, challenge is a good enough word, right? Um, and they... Uh, they're going to make sure that there are different methods for different types of crafting, which is awesome. So, you know, if you're smelting, you know, uh, or versus like whittling, uh, you know, on a, a bow or a save or something, it's like those are going to feel different, which I think is important. Um, and here's yeah. the big drop. If you fail, there is a chance that you will lose some of the materials. How do you feel about that? As it as it should be. 
as it, as should, it be. should there's be. risk involved in everything um and i have no problem with that and i wasn't surprised by that at all but that just seems like an obvious thing to me i want to go back to what you were saying a second ago about what the what the you know how the mechanics actually work the way that i heard it and from nafel saying is like you can basically choose what resource you can you want to use while crafting like the way he described it and i could have maybe i misinterpreted but he said basically like there's going to be some uh different methods that offer you resource options in terms of trade-offs like okay i can i can craft this and i can use endurance or i can craft this and use mana or i can craft this and use maybe even my health as a resource so you know what how do i want to how do i want to fund my crafting or gathering right like (laughs) i think that's really kind of an interesting idea right because some classes and some races maybe will have more you know uh, bigger pools Mm. bigger uh, more options in that regard so oh man it it, it kind of reminds me of uh, being in eq2 in the early days when you like accidentally hit the wrong button and your character like takes half of their health and damage um oh man <laughs> yeah oh i can but, see that i can see the like the little icons from it like yep. you know massive miscalculation i think there's one of them or something yep. like that and it's like poof, it just blows up oh man but uh but yeah i mean that's it's super exciting the the process i i think matters you know because it is the thing you're going to be doing over and over again so it needs to be interesting and um and mean something now uh, a few additional uh extras that i thought were great uh there will at least be crafting tools but hopefully gear in general which again vanguard i i love my separate <laughs> sets of clothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep um but uh but yeah uh let's really quick uh just jump on the consumable side um because i know I'm, I'm dwelling here because i just love this so much but um consumables are like and this is cooking and alchemy or alchemy and provisioning and it sounds so freeform it it literally sounds like straight from the things that i love about mortal online 2's crafting which is uh there, well first of all there's no schematics for for consumables um you just have like a tool and i and the the example he uses is a frying pan and basically you just throw stuff in the frying pan <laughs> And and what you get out is based on what you throw in. And uh, come on, like that's just that's too fun, man. <laughs> I feel like in in I'm gonna in post throw in the sound that it plays in Breath of the Wild when you're cooking up some meals in Breath of the Wild. Because it's a very recognizable sound, and <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it makes me think of here. So maybe I'll do That's that. so perfect. I, I always think of uh, I can't remember which uh, Monster Hunter, uh, but the one I played on PSP had a very uh, when you roast the meat, uh, a mini game that had a very <laughs> uh, very great sounds associated. Maybe there's one person in our audience that knows what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, also, I think this was a really important note. Uh, Nafel wants to um, again wants to. Uh, have a kind of crafting logbook um, just to reference the things that you've crafted in the past. I think this is really important, man, because um, this could get really hard to keep track of really fast. And yeah, <laughs> I love spreadsheets, true, yeah. but <laughs> I don't want to be spreadsheeting well, everything. I know, me neither. Yeah, definitely for the definitely for this like open kind of system where it's like mix and match your you, you know the the consumables. So, like, so what does a what does an acorn, uh, you know, an apple and a whatever pine cone make right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i need to know that because i'm not going to remember exactly exactly well um 
let's t- touch on this one last thing. Uh, and I think we'll probably skip the bits about harvesting for now and just say, go, sure. go watch it. Um, or listen to it because there's a lot of uh, really solid things about harvesting. But uh, here's yeah. a big takeaway for me on on the crafting thing is that factions are supposed to be a huge deal for crafters. Um, like like this sounds like a, a part of your progression, basically. Yeah, yeah, it does. It it was interesting because you know, and especially in the context of what we just saw from the Death Stream, you know, talking about factions in Thronefast. So, you know, if you've been killing a bunch of Gadai bandits, you know, and you're a crafter, where does that how does that impact you? You know, what does that mean? Um, I think that, uh, I think that tying it into the lore, everything that ties into the lore and serves the interconnectedness of the game is a good thing. Right. So yeah. No problem with that whatsoever. Neff really confirmed that too. I mean, he said he works with JN quite, quite a lot to make sure that everything ties together. You know, uh, I, I love it. And it also just means that it's another differentiator, right? Uh, if you get to crafting end game, like even if you have the exact same specializations as someone else, you might have completely different, you know, faction setups. So I, I just, I love anything yeah. like this, man. Like it, it, if too. you find someone that has actually befriended the Gadai, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and maybe they have access to a, a specific schematic that they can get, like that is going to be awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So, right. I want to be a Fairthale bow, you know, bowyer. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, bow maker, because that's where I'm going to be living and that's what I'm going to be interacting with and working on my faction, most likely with them. And, you know, and so if that means I can make a specific, you know, elven bow and it limits me in that regard, that's fine. I, I'll take that. I think that's great. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, I think I'll throw one last little thing in here. And just to note that full-time crafting is possible, but again, it's going to rely on other players. And I think that's the common theme, right? Is, is if you go really into crafting, it's a social thing. It's a social profession. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't think of something more appropriate for Pantheon. Um, <laughs> Agreed. Well, it's like you said, and that's like we said at the start, creating social value and all these choices that you have to make as a crafter, you know, that's the formula for social value. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a little bit remiss to, to skip, uh, everything else here, but, uh, in the interest of, of time and, and making sure that our listeners, uh, don't get another episode 100 size show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, let's, let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, so definitely go check out the, uh, developer round table with Nafel on crafting and gathering. It's on Pantheon's main channel. And uh, and give this a listen. It's it's super worth it, for sure. So we'll just quickly go over what we're doing on uh, what we're doing here at Pantheon Plus. Um, we're always up to something. We got our next. Uh, we got some big fan community events, uh, sort of in the in the you know thinking about stages. Um, we've got some content <laughs> that I already talked about. Uh, you know, I referenced a little earlier in the show that I'm working on. Um, we have a major revamp to one of our mainstay items and i'm not going to do any spoilers here because it's in the very initial stages but desrin this is going to be your focus i know you're super excited about this and when the time comes you'll you'll fill us in on what you're working on (laughs) yeah man uh i i am very excited about this to be real and i will i want to point out though uh, and because i'm not a huge fan of teasing honestly um 
in this case. <laughs> I, th- I think it's it's almost too early to tease, but I'm just excited. So you, you guys get it anyway. But I will note that it is just starting and it's probably going to be a long time. But just know that we have a really, really big thing in store. And when we can start sharing, I think I think it's going to be a, a major, major Pantheon uh, resource. How about that? There, you there go. we go. Perfect. Perfect. Exactly. That's exactly well said. Um, and I mentioned content and, you know, it's kind of funny VR is talking about boats and sea travel and uh, we're taking a little inspiration from that. We're coming up with something to make those long sea voyages a little more, a little more jaunty, let's just say. <laughs> so we, we have some musical talent in our, in our stable of uh, Pantheon Plus creatives over here. So stay tuned for that because those are always fun. And then lastly, let's look at the the Pantheon Plus calendar here. And I'm going to actually cheat for one second because I didn't put the image in my notes. But I'm going to go over to our Discord and and let you know that on Friday, uh, Sparrow's playing P99 at uh, 6.30 Eastern. And then, of course, on Wednesday, she's also streaming her Lord of the Rings online. Usual Wednesday stream. The big ticket item here is Crowsinger is releasing the final chapter of In the Sway of Storms uh, next week. Though we don't know exactly what day, but it's going to be one of the days next week. So make sure you're checking out Pantheon.plus to see when uh, her final chapter goes up. It's been one year since chapter one went up. So perfect. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So congrats, Crow. Like you are the preeminent, you know, fan fiction author in our community. And I I say that knowing Ben and I is a master (laughs) of his work too. And there are many others who are excellent, excellent writers. But I currently, you are the queen of of, uh, fan fiction for sure and uh more all the all the congrats in the world to you on finishing that epic tale so um yeah let's leave it there uh with this week's uh, vr news and notes the pantheon community is full of cool projects new people and things that are just worth sharing hmm? what's this over here <gasps> look at that so let's see what we can find in this week's community spotlight all right, guys, let's hit a uh, really quick community spotlight here. I just have a few things, but a few great things. Um, as was just a bit ago mentioned, uh, Crow Singer is, is coming up on the final chapter, but she did release In This Way of Storms chapter 22, which would be the penultimate chapter to Pantheon. Plus. So uh, if you're keeping up with that, uh, the excitement grows for the the final the final <laughs> chapter and uh, i think i've said this before but i'm excited just because i have been waiting on this story to conclude because i'm a bit of a, a binge reader and so i <laughs> yeah. i haven't read thoroughly through um much if at all uh, uh, of the uh previous chapters so i'm gonna binge this as soon as it's all released together but uh definitely check out chapter 22 um we've got uh videos so basgrim um, put together a great wrap-up of the gathering side of things for Pantheon uh, in a, a YouTube video called uh, Intro to Gathering in Pantheon, Rise of the Fallen. Um, it's what you would expect from Basgrim. It's great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yep. it's informative, clear. Yep, definitely a good yep, one. There, yep, there you go. Um, and I'm actually really happy about this one. So uh, there's one I almost missed, and I feel really bad, but uh, I'm glad I caught it in time. And this was from Recent Revelry. This was a, a little while ago, but uh, put out a video called Braving the Ascent in Pantheon, Rise of the Fallen. And uh, this is uh, in response to the last dev stream 
But man, this was a great video. Like the, the quality of his YouTube videos is really going up. And I just, I love seeing people like get better at their craft, right? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, totally. I haven't watched this one yet. I have to go back and check it out because it was one oh, that you I should. fell under, slipped under my radar. So I definitely will. Yeah. It, so the general premise, uh, just so uh, people know, and I hopefully get them interested is, so it's, it's not just like covering the Daydream Ascent stuff. Um, but it's actually his own script, his own take, and uh, really well put together, like B-roll to match everything, his own thoughts, you know, that go into it. And, and it's, you know, nice. narrated and, and everything. I I think this is a great style of content, and I'm I'm so happy to, to see it. So it's a great job, Rice. Yeah. Yeah, great job, man. Really, really nice. Yeah, and uh, that's actually going to be it for this two weeks community spotlight. So get your content uh flowing again so i can start filling up the section but uh <laughs> i think it's time we move on to something a little more lore worthy sit back and relax it's time for the lore you know yes yes it is so uh on the developer stream you know the politics of the throne fast region kind of took center stage uh from jn he talked about uh you know the days of house seville through, the, uh, through to the rule of Queen Amenthiel. And we learned of the many nobles that have had an impact on the region. But, you know, this is the human's home and we need to know where it all began. You know, what's, what's their history? So today we'll start to learn the origin story of our fantasy counterparts in Pantheon, the humans. So listen along as I read the words of our fantasy wordsmith, J.N. Gerhardt, in this week's lore segment. Since the dawn of Thronefast, five centuries ago, humans have stood at the pinnacle of influence, surviving threats against their walls and those from within. True power speaks not a word, yet its presence is deafening. The city of Thronefast has been that presence for the humans for nearly 500 years, and to know their heights of power is to behold the capital, a breathtaking jewel in the light of dawn. The breadth of their influence is glimpsed in the majestic navy unrivaled on the open waters. Students and masters of nearly every art and discipline, humans' middle-rung size and strength is perhaps a lone mediocrity, their oft-flamboyant pride not withering before kings, ghouls, or dragons. Of all the multitudes scattered across Terminus, no other group has been so defined, aided, and threatened by their leaders as the humans. When first arriving on the continent that became King's Reach, the frail colony was helpless, under a winter so stark it was called Cursed. Only by heavy reliance upon the nearby elves of Fairthale did they outlast the Tempest. Yet, in the thaws of spring, human King Amonsal rallied his people to found a city all their own, Avonsal. Settled in a forest at the base of the Rhone Mountains, the town was a jewel of dedicated effort born from a people unified by their harrows and trials. That very year, Amonsal and his queen welcomed their firstborn son, Avendir, as heir, and the fate of the race was aimed to soar. Yet less than 25 years later, the humans were facing extinction. Seven years into the Deicide War, the ravaging Lord of the Revenant permitted one of the humans' former gods, Osari, rained down upon Havensong every nightmare of war his armies possessed. The undermanned city endured a three-week siege, 
and King Amonsal was cast among the corpses of his soldiers, slain by Osari the Betrayer himself. The High Mortal's fury culminated in having every sundered shred of the ruined city carried to the cliffs of Raloon and thrown into the churning seas below. The young King Avendir spent his first night as king, shepherding survivors back to the Silent Sanctum in the belly of the Rhones, not stopping for the dawn or to grieve. And that is the lore you know. So uh, we are done. Episode 101. Uh, I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us today. And uh, Desrin, I know we started off with a with a, a flurry of opinions <laughs> and, and strong thoughts. And I hope everybody stuck with us through our emotional uh, working through things. But that is that is how it goes around here where we're going to be honest with you and tell you how we actually feel about things. And we hope that uh, everybody enjoyed the show today. Desert, are you, are you okay? Are you uh, feeling good about, um, I'm feeling about really where we're good. At? And, and I got to remind folks, I, I really do want to hear what, what you guys think. Um, you know, not, not even just of the more uh, touchy bits or polarizing things, but you know, how did you like crafting? Did you, you know, uh, really enjoy Jane's segment on the lore, et cetera, et cetera. Like, let us know. It's always great to read. Um, yeah, this is all of yeah, us together. In, in fact, it's not just me and Theric. So, absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely, and and every bit of uh, engagement that you guys, um, you know, guys and girls, and everybody out there did uh, does with our content means so much to us. So I really want to you know express my gratitude for that. And we are going strong. We are back after our two week break and our one week break in episode 100 and on to the next episode uh, 100th episode so looking forward to that but uh, <laughs> as uh, as we always do um thanks for joining us and uh, make sure to uh, like subscribe and all that stuff and we will see you back here same time same place next week for episode 102 so until then cheers very well thank you for listening to this week's episode of the pantheon plus rewind pantheon plus is not affiliated with visionary realms be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter, and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers, and thanks for listening. <laughs>